Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. It's so good to be back, Sean, and it is Q&A, and we have some really great questions. We also have questions on some news that broke today, which is AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the comrade, the communist in the Congress, the most outspoken of that class, by the way, uh, and she is now facing, and it's been, this has been building up, and I've been reporting on Fox & Friends. Every week, we're getting more and more buildup of the people in the district that she represents becoming angrier and angrier at the open border policy as it begins to affect her district the most, because it's a pretty working class district. It is. And so what, what you've seen in New York City is, again, a, a flood of migrants have come in. They've been bussed from Texas, but many of them have just come across the border and they, they found their way to, to New York Probably City. Probably the government-funded airline ticket. Could be. And, and what's happened is you have... Uh, Mary Adams now, who says, listen, this is unsustainable for us. It's going to wreck our city. It's costing a lot of money. The way we ba- uh, manage and and address our budget is we have to cut New York City services starting off at 5%, but going to have a 15% cut in services for the city. So people in New York are wildly angry. Why? They were saying they're a sanctuary city. They all I voted know. for that. Well, that, and, Again, until it until, until it actually starts until to, they have to yeah, live with until that they policy. have to live with and so because this crisis is looming and because it's a Democrat crisis, uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, along with uh, you remember Jerry Nadler, um, led the impeachment against Donald Trump, big liberal, and a couple York. other Congress women. Uh, Nadia Blesquez was yeah. was there, um, and some others. So they went to the Roosevelt Hotel, where many of these migrants are uh, being housed, and they decided to have a press conference. Well, they were given the treatment that usually is reserved for Republicans because Republicans do press conferences. The radical left show up and shout them down. Don't let them speak. Well, they were met with their own kind because protesters showed up. Yeah, protesters showed up from their own district. These are residents there. Because, of course, Sean, if you if you cut back by 15 percent of government services and you live on the Upper East Side, it might not hurt you as bad. Um, you might be annoyed at it, but it's not going to affect your life. You cut back services 10, 15% in Brooklyn or in some of these uh, Queens. This affects their, their life right. on a much greater scale. And so these protesters showed, showed up. They are shouting down 
these Democrat uh, uh, congresswomen and, and congressmen, listen to this. Federal resources to cities and municipalities dealing with this issue. The second is to allow for work authorizations so that the folks in here can get to work and start supporting themselves as soon as possible. They are prevented from getting jobs, they are prevented from employment, and that is part of the strain on our public systems. The faster that folks can access the work that they're asking for, All right. So, so they're, they're in the back, they're yelling. It's it's hard to tell in the video, um, in in the audio, but they're saying, "Close down the border, shut down the border, Americans first. Um, that's what they're hearing as she's trying to give the list because her solution. She's coming with her solutions to the problem. Right. And I was hopeful as they were going to have this press conference. I'm like, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has seen the light and is going to present real solutions that will fix. The problem, not the symptoms of the problem. Because she's been saying for weeks now, she's been hearing it, right? This is August. She's coming. This is August break. She's we're going to talk a little bit about her communist South America tour. So she went to South America on a communist tour. But she has been back to her district um, as well in August. And she's been getting an earful. And so she's been making comments. She's been saying, you know, this is, you know, Biden needs to work on this policy. So suddenly she's pretending like. She's not part of the policy, right? So I want to get your reaction to and, all three of the proposals. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about so now. She's first, now she's come back with her three things. So that the she first wants to do. one she says is she wants more federal money for communities that are dealing with a migrant crisis. Okay. Good idea, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not close the border. Just send us more money so we can put more of these people in hotels. By the way, the hotels are doing very well in New York. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of tourists want to come because of crime, but they're able to fill their rooms. Because uh, they're getting federal money in order to put the the migrants into these hotels. So, yeah, she just wants more money, not to solve the problem, more federal money to, you know, accommodate the the, the schools that are now overflowing, flowing, the, the need for more English language, um, you know, teachers. And, and by the way, not just Spanish. These are people coming from all over the world um, and, you know, Africa and, sure. and, and, you know, Eastern Europe. You've got to accommodate a lot of needs as these schools get filled up. And, but, you know, and by the way, they're not going. Most of these kids aren't going to the private schools. These illegal immigrant kids that come, right. they're going to the pr- public schools. They're not going to the shishi schools that all the rich people because send their and, kids to. But this this policy makes sense because we all know that if we spend more money on education, right. our kids will get better, better okay. educated. Or, if we spend more money on homelessness, we'll have less homeless. Actually, that's false. We don't have better educated kids the more money we spend. And there's more homeless with the more money that we spend on homelessness. And again, sending more money to cities is not going to bring down um, the, the, the raging migrant crisis that New York faces. So okay. what's your second one? The second one is she wants work permits for those who have come here illegally so they can get out of the hotel and uh, fund their own lifestyle. So interesting that she would say that, by the way, on the same day week that we're hearing that support for Joe Biden among union workers has plummeted. That's right. um, and it's it's just not it's not just union workers. All working class people are, have had it with Joe Biden. And it's these kinds of policies. When you say I want to let illegal immigrants come in, they are going to undercut the wages of the working class. There's no question that. And, and people are stupid. The people that are screaming down AOC right now, they know. What's going to happen to their wages when these work permits happen? 
That's right. So if if you have more people that are willing to be waiters or cooks um, or room cleaners, you, you have an increased supply of workers, which means they're going to pay the workers less because there's a lot of people who want those jobs. Now, would that actually, would this policy go over well if this was these were high tech, high educated tech workers, or if they were high end bankers or financiers who were going to compete against the white rich liberal class that that donates um, and votes for these Democrats? There's no way Wall Street would let those workers come in and compete against them for their jobs. But as long as it's the middle class, the working class people. They can they can deal with the competition. And by yeah. the way, they can live in the working class's neighborhood as well, the migrants. But they're not going to live in the elite shishi areas that you talk about, where the bankers and the Wall Street workers and the tech workers, where those guys all work. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when the, the congressmen men and women were there, they're basically not just laying out these solutions, but they were trying to explain, you know, over the noise, like why this is so great for everybody, that all these immigrants are, this is the American dream, this is going to make everything better. And I thought about, Sean, the illegal, um, the, the illegal immigrants who were sent brilliantly by Ron DeSantis in one of the most brilliant political moves of, of the year. They were sent to Martha's Vineyard. And of course, as you remember, Sanctuary Island, a Sanctuary Island. Yeah. Uh, they were sent to Martha's Vineyard and immediately the rich ladies of Martha's Vineyard, um, gave them, it was weird. They had on their porches, on their, you know, beautiful porches on Martha's Vineyard. They laid out like stuff they wouldn't even feed their kids, like Lucky Charms. You know, these are the Whole Foods ladies leaving Lucky Charms for the, for the, for the, you know, poor illegal immigrants that are coming. And then they basically called the National Guard. And then as these people were being, you know, let off in buses by the National Guard, they were singing and they were hugging them and saying, te amo, te amo, which in Spanish means I love you. We love you. Get the hell off the island. Okay. But there were no congresswomen. Or congressmen, where was AOC there on that island explaining to the rich ladies why this is actually such a great idea? You can see the frustration of the working class in these, in the neighborhood where AOC was, um, today. They, they're not just mad that this is happening. They're mad that this is happening and their representatives are there telling them this is going to be good for you. And they're like, do you think we're stupid? Our hotels are filled with illegal migrants. Our jobs are going to be taken away. Our wages are going to go down. Our city services, our city's going to get dirtier because you're cutting our services in order to pay for this. And by the way, my grandma in Dominican Republic or my grandmother in Panama has been on the list to get in here legally for 10 years and she can't, but you want me to make accommodations for people who are coming illegally over the border. Um, it's just, it's absolutely insane. Third reason, Sean. Third reason. Our third solution now, from this AOC. This is not going to get Rachel excited at all. Oh, my God. The solution is she wants special protections for people who come from Venezuela. Are you just trying to get me to pull yes, my hair out? I am. No, AOC is. So, so what do you think about... <laughs> so, Sean, let me ask you a question. What are we protecting the Venezuelans from? Who are we protecting them from? Oh, that's a great question. Well, we're protecting them from Maduro, who is a communist. A socialist. Who- and a socialist who shares the same kind of ideas that are shared by none other than AOC. No, none other than AOC and AOC's mentor, who is Bernie Sanders, who cheered on that revolution. That's right. Who was absolutely saying he on his website said the American dream can be found 
but is more likely to be found in Caracas, Venezuela than in the United States of America. And then as all socialist movements, you know, it, it, when it all when the you know what hits the fan, right. he quietly took that off his website. But the truth is that he and all the Hollywood fans of his, Danny Glover, Sean Penn, all the usual suspects, all cheered the socialist revolution. They loved Hugo Chavez. They loved Maduro. Now they're trying to pretend that they didn't, but they did. And they do. And they're trying to bring those policies here to the United States. These people are fleeing the most horrible poverty that has been brought. And not just that, political repression and oppression. Um, because if you oppose the socialist dictatorship, you will be disappeared. Um, the Kind of like if you're in opposition to Joe Biden, you'll be disappeared here, too. You'll be sent to a gulag in D.C. That's what happened to the right. January 6th um, people. And they are now in, and many of them are in solitary confinement going on two years. Um, there have been several suicides um, that have happened, four of them now, um, from people being pursued by the FBI. Um, and people who haven't even, you know, didn't commit any violence at all while they were there, they, they were walking through and yet they were pursued by the FBI, a one young man, 22 years old, committed suicide. So let's just get back to this, this Venezuela thing, because AOC, not only, it's not like she was got in as a socialist and now she's see, I've seen my, the light. I'm, I'm, I'm back to, you know, supporting, you know, capitalism and free markets. Oh no. During her August break, when her own constituents were suffering shock and have been suffering because we now, you saw those figures that showed, um, you know, the highest child poverty rate in, in like five decades. Um, we've just hit, I think it's 22%. Mm -hmm. Um, so her constituents are suffering. It's a working class district, but she took time to take a communist tour of, so of South America. She went and visited with the worst actors, the worst dictators, socialists, communists. In Latin America, she was in Chile. Uh, basically, you know, Daniel DiMartino, a Venezuelan um, who lives here in the United States, we've interviewed him many times, Sean, um, who has said, basically, she is enabling the socialists in Latin America. She's empowering them. She's um, giving them aid and comfort. She is a socialist asset. So if you look at socialists, look at communists, um, they have no honor. They have no shame, yeah. right? So their, their policies hurt people. So um, and as the very policy that she's adv advocated for open borders blows up in her face, you would think someone with honor, someone with some common sense that cares about the community would go like, okay, this isn't working. We actually have to secure the border. But that's not what she does. She goes back to the same old talking points. Give them work permits so they can compete against American labor. Give us more money so we can deal with the crisis. When does she ever put that kind of focus and attention and love onto her own citizens, to her own country? Um, and again, if you hate your country and you want to destroy it and make it like Venezuela, these are the things that you actually do. So um, it was, say, John, such a great point. I, when she was saying Joe Biden is wrong on, on the border policy or she was concerned about his border policy, I actually thought for a second, is she is she going to change her mind? And always, she was the one crying, you know, when she was running for Congress, she was in white jeans outside of the detention center, crying about child separation at the border, crying about, you know, all the problems that were happening there when, in fact, the child separation was to find out if the child was indeed with the parent. And it turns out many of them weren't. 
So that's why we have sex What's, trafficking among children exploding because the, the cartels are doing that. Yeah. But she, didn't, she didn't change her mind. She just said, give us more money. Well, because what, 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 she, what she was doing at the border was trying to leverage political power, trying to go after Donald Trump. Because it was right? a Donald Trump. Was, Donald well, Trump. Was not, she wasn't crying for the kids. She was, she was conjuring up some tears for a press uh, avail that they can go, oh, AOC, she's crying for the poor kids. There's no cheer for the kids right now that are being sold into sex slavery or that are dying at the border. No more. Or the plight of kids in New York City trying to go to uh, uh, New York schools or American schools where they don't speak the language. They're away from their families and their friends. She has no tears for that, which goes to show you this is really just about political power. And that's what socialists are about. They're about about power. They're about gaining and, and, and leveraging more power, and they'll use all means to do it. That's what AOC is doing here. And she was there, by the way, not just trying to convince the Americans that were outside protesting or that it would be better for them, but she was advocating for the, the migrants. We have right now the deadliest border in the entire world, in the entire world. Just think about all the war zones out there. Think about Ukraine. Think about all the, you know, the, 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 the civil wars in Africa. Mm. No border is deadlier than our southern border. No border has more sex trafficking going across than our southern border. We are missing, we cannot find 80,000 children that have cut across that border. We can't keep, we, we have no idea where they went. Um, it, so, terrorists come across the southern border. Uh, exactly, terrorists got, coming across. Uh, over a million gotaways, we don't know who they are. We don't know where they've gone. Um, they could be drug dealers. They could be sex traffickers. They they could be terrorists. We have no idea. And the fentanyl. And Let's not forget about this, that. Th- th- this policy is shameful. It's really easy to fix. But if you actually don't want a solution, but this policy is what you do want. You just want, you want to flood more people into this country. You don't believe that your country deserves to have borders because it's so bad. You're not going to see a change until you see people's hearts, the voters' hearts change and say, we're going to pick new different leaders that advocate for us, not a group of migrants who don't live here, that aren't from here, that don't pay taxes here, don't have a history here. Uh, and again, I, I say this all the time, it really comes down, and you alluded to this, it really comes down to the voters of New York City. Yes. They have asked for this, they voted for this, and now they too get to live with the consequences of this. And But it hurts the working so- class more than anyone. And that's why I think, so the, I think the fate so, of the country is in the hands of the working class right too. now. But there's more working class in New York than there are rich Wall Street tycoons. Um, and that's so true. it's not just the rich liberals that have voted for these policies. It's the very working class that you mentioned that are getting yeah. hurt by these policies that are actually voting for these politicians. Yep. And when they have a change of heart and they say, you know what, this is too crazy for me. I want a common sense Republican. Then you'll see the change. Can I say one last thing about AOC? And I know I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with AOC because I think she's so bad. She's so bad and she's so powerful and she's effective. Um, that the policies that are happening at the border are the policies she advocated for, which is what's so, you know, amazing and ironic about what we saw there. This fight, um, you know, on the streets of her district between, you know, this argument and these, these protests. Um, I want to talk about the, just for a second before we move to Q&A about this trip that she made, her communist tour of Latin America that she made in August. She not only met with communists who are destroying their country, but she met with communists who are aligning themselves with China. And China is absolutely taking over the Western Hemisphere. AOC's voice, because she is Latina, actually carries a lot of weight in Latin America. I know it's hard to believe. She probably has more impact even there 
in terms of her American American power there. And she has made it very clear with this delegation. They went specifically to meet with the communists, with the socialists. This administration um, and the CIA and big tech helped to undermine the elections in, in Brazil. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, that's why millions of Brazilians were out on the streets um, protesting um, that election, because that election was absolutely interfered with by big tech, by the Biden administration and by our intelligence agencies. And why would we undermine and let in a leftist who is aligning himself with the Chinese, um, who is selling his ports, his resources, mine to the Chinese instead of Bolsonaro, who was anti-China and pro-America? This is what this. So she's not just destroying her own district. She is wreaking havoc in Latin America. And that that is having an impact on the Western Hemisphere and on national security and national uh, po- and, and, and global policy here in the United States. So. Uh, my mom would use a phrase, they're thickest thieves, right? So China, a communist country, yeah. these communists stick together. Yeah, they do. Right? So we see She's communists a uh, as a massive threat to the United States, but she has more affection and love for any communist leader or country than she does for her own country. Yeah. And um, By the way, the protesters the were screaming, communists, communists. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? We're making, I mean, it's frustrating that the New Yorkers voted for her. But I'm like, I saw an awakening there. I'm like, you know, the first step is admitting we have a problem. And the first step is admitting that you elected a communist That's as fine. your representative in Congress. Good take luck. action. Take yeah. action. All right, let's go to question okay. and answer. Right, I'm, get, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She gets me heated because she is so bad. She is so wrong. She is everything that's wrong with our country. Okay. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. So let me go to these questions, Sean. Question that. Okay. You know what? I'm going to take a question that's non, totally non-political. What? Just because we just because went so off and it's Friday and let's just go with something non-political. What is your take on splitting the bill on a date? So, but that's a great question. I have a very clear answer on that, but so listen, for for me and listen, I'm old school, so I can't imagine going on a date with um a girl and not picking up a bill. Now, it's one thing she's like, whoa, 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 we're gonna split it. I th- that's fine. I might go like, no, I'm gonna pay, and she's like, no, I want to split it. I'd be like, okay, really? I would. That would be a turnoff if you said okay to that. I would offer, and then you have to go. Just in the second, time. absolutely not. I said it twice, and then I'm like, okay, fine, you can pay. <laughs> or, or the whole thing. No, just kidding. So I, I listen. We, we dated. 
I paid for her food. I paid for her air travel. Like I paid for her you life. Did. You did. Um, oh, not my whole life, but I was. Li- I I was short on the rent a couple months, and you helped me out. That's I true. So I think that. I, I, and I again, I think that um, men are bred uh, if they're not wokeified to to take care, yeah. to provide for. And I think if you're a woman, you go, is this is this guy going to be a good provider? Is he willing to actually buy me a dinner? Um, does he is is he chivalrous what's yeah. that's a great assessment of who you're sitting across the table with sharing a meal with do you want to have a second one if he doesn't pay the bill and wants to split it with you cash him in and go somewhere else so uh first of all it's interesting when we were dating um you did you picked up the bill um you the bills for when we went out to eat um, very rarely did I, I mean, maybe once in a while I, you know, would, would pay, but it, it was definitely yeah, a very traditional. She's paying for one thing. Yeah, one, it was maybe yeah. a breakfast somewhere, but like, you know, for the most part, Sean paid controls. everything. And we were a long distance relationship for a year and a half. And so there was the expense of having to go out and see each other. He was in Minneapolis in law school. I was in LA at the time and we were both poor. I mean, I was, you know, a substitute teacher and trying to audition and doing that kind of stuff. And I was teaching English. Um, I'm sorry, I was teaching Spanish at adult school in L.A. And then Sean was in law school and he was living off the money he would make off the summers of working in lumberjack shows. Some speeches here and there. He would, we would have a couple of speeches that we would do related to the real world when we would do that. But but there wasn't a lot of money. And it was to me, it was really great that you kind of stepped up and made sure that you paid those tickets. Because I I literally didn't have the money to do it. But I, what's interesting is it, this conversation reminded me of those couple months where I didn't have enough money for my rent. And I remember it, that it was a little bit embarrassing because I had to go to you and go, hey, can, I mean, my, my parents didn't have the money to help me out with that. And they'd be like, Rachel, you know, you're in your 20s, figure it out. And but we were dating. Um, and I don't remember this. Did I actually yeah, you did. You did. You, 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 I don't think you paid the whole thing, but like I was short and you helped pay for it. So, and I will tell you that I took that as a, it was a really positive sign for me that you were a provider. So, and and it, it, it registered to me like, okay, this is somebody who who would take care of me okay. if, we, if we ended up getting married? So, it, it registers so that way. So here's what ha- this is how it breaks on 25 years later. So it says oh, it's that my money is our money, and her money is her oh, money. Not true. It is true. She <laughs> never paid my rent, but um, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. No, um, I would say that that was a good sign. And so for me, I'm very old fashioned and I think girls should be more old fashioned. I- I've talked to s- several, um, Gen Zer girls. And when I, when they all like to split the bill, by the way, Sean, I don't know if you know this, this, it, almost all these Gen Z girls think it's a great idea to split the bill. I think it's a terrible idea. Girls have been lied to. It's like, they bought I know it's like everything that the feminism has brought Worked out really great for guys. Abortion uh, worked out better for guys. By the whole meal, it's like the whole thing. Everything is, worked out great for guys. It all worked out great for guys. Men compete against them in their sports. I mean, the whole this is so. Stupid. I know. I know. Like, we're empowered. Yeah, life is better. I'm the like, best. The best women are men now. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um. So yes, I, I, I. If I was a Gen Z woman, I would rethink this. Um. A man who doesn't pay for your meal is a beta male. You don't want to marry a beta male. You want to marry an alpha male. Somebody who's going to provide, take care of you, love you, um, protect you. So that's my thing. Okay. 
Let's go to another one here. Um, if you were president, what's the first thing you would do to fix the country? Sean. Uh, so I think I know. First thing is. I would do to fix the country. Um, what would you do? I thought, well, we had a whole podcast on this. You said it was a deep state. You would fix the deep state. You I said would. it's the number one thing to do. It, 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 well, it is. That is, that is, that's, that is a problem with government. And then, um, I also think that you, 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 so it's not just a deep state. You also have all of these like suckers that are not governmental, but are funded by the government. And they're usually radical leftists. What are they called? They're called NGOs. Which means? Non-governmental uh, organizations. So, so give me an example so people can understand. What's an example of an NGO? Oh, okay. There's a ton of them, by the way, at the border right now. Um, and we subcontract to them to do things that the government doesn't want to do or can't do or whatever. So, for example, like at the border, you have uh, Catholic uh, Catholic charities, Lutheran charities. All of them are getting so rich. Off, you know, they're 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 getting they're making a lot of money off of what's happening at the border. Yeah, but NGOs more importantly, over in Ukraine, you have yeah. So, in, and oftentimes these are these are. Democrat aligned operatives yes. that do socialist, leftist, activist work that are funded by the American taxpayer. And so yes. as Republicans or conservative groups, they go raise money from individuals to fund their efforts. The left raises a little bit of money, but then they get funded by every American taxpayer through these NGOs. So here's what they do. It's, it's, so it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful... From back a, in the day? So, of we, course, I remember Acorn. Acorn just... It, Acorn still exists. It just has all these other different names. And most of these NGOs are, by the way, funded by the Open Society, which is George Soros, or right. you see Bill Gates funding some of them. You see all these rich globalists, and, and it's really easy for them. What they do is they fund a little bit for the NGO. Then they give a check to the politicians, and then the politicians go and vote to give your money to their group, which will then push their leftist policies. It, this is how it works. Sickness. It is the greatest trick of all times. Pay the politician to fund your ideological pet project. Um, and so when you see, like, for example, you know, these justice groups, you know, these are the groups that are funding, you know, um, you know, defund the police things or, or, or find ways to fund campaigns for DAs who won't enforce the law or on the side of the victim, uh, the, of the, of the, uh, of the, the criminals instead of the, instead of the victims. All of these groups, Get their money from George Soros, from Bill Gates, from all these big oligarchs, a little bit. And then th those oligarchs give the money to the politicians and the politicians vote to give your money and, to those groups. So you're funding eight, the, the new acorns, whether you like it or not. And these leftist groups, they're like the cockroach, right? Yeah. So if you see a cockroach in your house, you don't have one cockroach. Mm -hmm. Your house is infested with cockroaches. You might only see one or two of them. But they're like cockroaches. These organizations are everywhere yeah. taking all of your money, which brings me back to the point of what the hell are Republicans doing? They have a chance to defund all these people to take their money away, including the FBI and the Department of Justice. And we're going to talk about the border. Oh, like, okay. But at what point do they get backbones? And by the way, there's a lot of good members of Congress. There's, they only have a four seat majority. So if you have some. Are softy, you saying we shouldn't talk about the border? No, I. Listen, no matter what the Congress does in an appropriations bill, they're not going to stop Joe Biden from not yeah, enforcing the border. Thing, yeah. Right. He's not going to enforce the law there. They're, they can say they're going to get some progress on the border, 
but they really don't have any power. You're saying focus on, on the things you have gonna, power over. And you have power over yes, money. That's such a great point, Sean. And such the money point. can be taken away from the Department of Justice and the FBI, maybe even the CIA and these NGOs. That's your power. Your power is not securing the border. You're a legislative branch. The executive branch, and in air quotes, enforces the law and they choose not to enforce the southern border. You can't make them enforce it. And you're not going to get Democrats to agree with you to build a wall. So your power is money. Yeah, because you can literally not- defund the NGOs. Because totally. the government doesn't, totally. the, the, the NGOs are doing all the work. Government doesn't have the resources to house them, to bus them, to do all the things that the NGOs are doing right now. If they didn't have the money, it's such so a great you, point. I can't say how it's going to play out. Um, and listen, uh, I love my former Republican colleagues and I feel a little bit bad. Um, Bashing being them. so harsh on mm-hmm. them. I do because they're, they're good friends and they a are, lot of them and they're good hearts people. And, and they try to do the right thing but they're not doing the right thing here. Here's what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to they're going to come up with some BS deal on border security. And it'll be so BS that Democrats are going to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to make this concession to you, like throwing the rabbit in the briar patch. It's like, oh, don't throw me the briar patch. Oh, don't do that to the border, mm-hmm. Republicans. Everyone's going to know it's not going to do anything to help secure the border. And they're going to pass a massive funding bill they're not going to do the hard work of actually doing the cutting. Wow. They're going to hold it up as like, That's we got a depressing. victory here. We got a big, we won on the border. So just be aware. That's what's going to come your way. And just know you are being duped when they tell you that they got big concessions on the border because the border is not going to change at all, no matter what deal they cut with Democrats. So if Sean was the president right now. Oh, that was the question. <laughs> he would take on the deep state. 100%. If I was the president, my first issue, and that's not to undermine yours, because I think you're 100% right on that. And that's a massive issue. Um, but my first thing would be I would uh, do school choice and eliminate the Department of Education. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think right now the future is in the hands of the children. And those children are in the hands of a bunch of commies. And that is what our teachers unions have created. They indoctrinate. I would get rid of licensures. Like you shouldn't have to get licensed um, to become a teacher. You should just have a four-year degree and you can teach. And every child and every family gets their pot of money and they can choose whatever school they want. I would totally democratize this. I would decentralize it. I would get rid of the Department of Education, give the money back to the states, let the states, you know, deal with it. And I would make it. And and I just think it would be so transforming of America. Um, That's my... Nope. That's what I would do. Here's what I would do. Okay. I would actually keep the Department of Education mm. and I would beef it up. And I would, in essence, say, we are going after every single commie because I talked about the cockroaches, the house, the room with the most cockroaches is, is education. Yeah. I'm going to go, now we're, this is going to be the police state. We're going after every school that's turning out little woke commies and we're coming for you. And by the way, how, how you, are you coming I'm, for that? We're going to take their money away. Right. Okay. So we'll look at we'll look at funding for universities that have a woke education department. Mm-hmm. If you're not pro-American, pro-free enterprise, and that's what you teach and you just teach how you teach math or how you teach science or how you teach English, any of those things, any of the other things that you do, you get no cash for your university. And the students that go to your school cannot get federally subsidized student loans. Watch and see how fast they change. Mm-hmm. I'm going to outlaw communism. 
in American education. And I'm going to use the Department of Education to do it. We have to attack the communists in this country. Yeah. And you have to use the Department of Education to do that. See, you, I say just get rid of it, decentralize it, give the money back to the states, let the people decide what works for them. And, you know, if you are in New York City and you want a bunch of commies nope. to run your schools, fine. Um, but I just think it should you be. Want, you, you want the cockroaches to scatter. Mm-hmm. I want to stop on them. I want to <laughs> kill the cockroaches. I'm going to ex- get rid of communism. You, you, you're, you're, it, it's, it's not hard it's for me. Disagree around the kitchen table today. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, I'm so let me go with another. Here, All right. What's your favorite part of the fall season? I, I like the summer. I, like, I do like when the, when the air gets a little crisp. I love the summer, but when it changes to a little crisp, Christmas in the air, uh, football comes on, and I love when the trees change colors. All right. You know, I'm going to be very controversial here. I hate fall. I hate yeah, fall because fall means the end of summer, and fall means that winter's around the corner. And I don't like winter. Other than Christmas. Um, and I like Christmas and then that's it. And then I want winter to go away. Um, and so that's just kind of the Arizona girl in me. It's okay. That's kind of how I feel. I know I, I really should enjoy it because actually fall is beautiful. And where we live, actually, when we lived in Wisconsin and when we, and where we live here in New Jersey are actually, so we live in the country in New Jersey and it is so beautiful. Um, so many trees, they change colors. I love it. I love decorating the front of the house with pumpkins and, and all the fall things and the corn husks. And I do all that stuff. I do do it. But I'm a summer girl. And so fall reminds me that winter's coming and that just makes me not so happy. Um, what is the right age for kids to start dating? That's a good question. Um, if I'm on, like to go on a date, and again, do you talk about my kids or kids in general? Your kids. <laughs> um, Never advise something you wouldn't have for your own kids. True. Like, I think, you know, to go on a date your junior year uh-huh. is probably appropriate because I, I want to, I, I, you don't want your, your child to start dating when they're in college where you don't have, you can't see it. You don't know what's going on. You can't advise. It's okay to go listen and leave date, right? A safe, a safe place, safe date. You know, very secure, mm-hmm. open locations, mm-hmm. people around. So, um, should, so, 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 do you want them to? Should they date before they even have a license? I don't think. Well, no. I, well, I, well, yeah, if you're 17 and don't have a license, you're a junior, don't have a license. It, th- that might be fine. Yeah, maybe your parents going to drive you. Maybe you're going to figure something out, mm-hmm. or maybe you're going to go to the fair. And your date is you're going to meet at the fair and do some rides together. I don't mean some cheesy little things like that, mm-hmm. but I want. I mean. It's, it's, there's, there should be good parental involvement in overseeing and advising your kids on what they should look for, what's acceptable, what's not. Talk about it. And especially if it's a, if it's a, a young boy or girl that you think is, is, is a good young boy or girl. And, yeah. And, and again, I, I get, I get, uh, one of the bad ones. I'm going to say no to that. Yeah. You saying. always like to meet the boy that the girls stayed and both of our girls dated in high school. Um, their senior years. So I think the dating started senior year for yeah. our girls. Um, so I guess I, I'm, a, I, I think it is very situationally, you know, kid, kid. De- dependent, right? Like who, who is my daughter dating? Do I trust that person to be with them? Um, so I think that's important. And I guess I would discourage early 
earlier than that. And I think we can pretty much have. Create the agent. Oh my God, I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we're in agreement about that. We, we we ought to be. We've been through it. We have been. What we do never you talked about? It. Just kind of, we've just done it. This is kind of an interesting question. These people. All right. What do you find more important in a relationship? Looks or intelligence? I don't. I get them both. Oh, you, that's right? so nice. But what did you? What What is more important? I think you need them both. Right? Yeah, you can't have, you can't have a long-term relationship with both. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, you. I don't want drop dead gorgeous something that's a box of rocks, yeah. right? Um, and I don't want someone really to intelligence to intelligent who you're not attracted you know, to is like not attractive. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, I I I think for me it has to be both as well. I'm I'm not going to accept the premise of, of the question. question. Thank you. That said, the only advice my mother ever gave me. And she's given me no love advice at all. Um, the only advice she gave me as a kid was make sure he's cute. It'll help you forgive them better. It has. It has. You know, forgiveness is a big part of, of marriage. And it's something that, you know, you have to, you know, especially if you're married, you're Latino, you have to forgive me a lot. We have a, we have a, a sharp temper. What was the meme you sent me yesterday about? <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody sent, my sister sent me this great meme. It was, um, it was Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah. And it's from a movie. Um, is it worth it? And then he, he turns around and he goes, yeah, but only if you're strong enough. And then underneath it said, um, uh, uh, like it was basically about like being Latina. So is it worth it? Yes, right. but only if you're strong <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So yeah, it has to be a combination. My mom is right. Um, you know, marriage involves a lot of, you know, give and take and, and forgiving and loving, um, despite, you know, learning all of each other's imperfections. And I think that's much easier to do when you're actually really physically attracted to someone. Yeah. And so good advice, Bon. Good advice, Mom. Um, yeah. so that's it for today. But she didn't really, I, she, I don't know that how, how keen your mom was on me. So. Oh, she um, loves. Oh my God. My, my mom she loves likes me Sean. now. No. No, I want that fine one. She I absolutely loves with, you. With Peely. Anyway. So, yeah. So, listen, those are actually, those are fun questions. And uh, our hot topic on News of the Day, AOC's craziness. Um, Friday's, Friday's one of my favorite days. I like, I like, I like doing Q&A. It's kind of fun. And this was um, a real mixed bag, too. Like, there was like, you know, serious topics and some pretty, you know, he like Paul. Interesting. Listen. <laughs> We want to thank you for sending the questions into us. We appreciate that. And thanks for joining us at the kitchen table. If you like our podcast, you can always rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Always find us at foxnewspodcasts.com. Always subscribe too. We drop Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So you can always get us those days. But if you miss one, you can go back on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and pick up a podcast that you miss. A lot of great uh, podcasts in the library. This week, by the way, we did an earlier podcast on Midwest Men. The, you know, the most underappreciated species in America. We're going to cover that even further on Fox and Friends Weekend. So make sure you tune into Fox Just, and know. Friends Weekend on Saturday because we are going to break it down with Will and Pete, who I think will have very different opinions because on whether the Midwest man is the ideal man. Pete Hexeth is from Minnesota. <laughs> Will Pete was not included because he's from Texas. So I can't wait to watch. So it'll be that an interesting wall -wall. debate, right? All right. All right. Listen, thank All right. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. 
And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.